Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. good to see familiar faces and unfamiliar faces. Unfamiliar faces tells me, or they tell me, that the churches continue to grow. And that's what we want. I'm so excited about what God's been doing here over the last several years. And, and I got a word for you today. He's not through. In fact, the word that I'm preaching to you this morning, I'm going to be preaching primarily to you as a church. I believe God can say some things to you as an individual as well out of this word. But primarily something stirred in me. It's been in me for a long time, several months. The Lord stirred a word in me and he's confirmed it in different ways. And In fact, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit from where I was going to go with the message. But I, I did pull up on this campus several months ago on a Wednesday night and saw all the cars here and all the children playing and, and you had the, uh, this parking lot entrance blocked off so the kids can play around the basketball goal there and my mind went back, you know, years ago and, and how we had to do that then and then the Lord just began to stir something in my spirit <laughs> that, that might not need to continue to be the case that there's more that God has for this church to take this ministry forward. Anybody enjoy being in, stuck in traffic as much as I do? I know you don't. If you do, I could point you to some places on I-95 or I-40 where you, probably because of construction work or the proneness to an accident happen, you're going to sit there in traffic. In fact... You know, I'm just going to be transparent with you. I, I don't enjoy standing in line. Um, every time I get stuck in traffic, I have to stand in line. The Lord is reminding me, I'm working on your patience, son. You're still weak in that area. Yesterday, my verse for yesterday in my personal Bible study was where Peter tells us to be on guard to Satan. He's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I spent most of the time around the house yesterday. I like to do that every once in a while, working on the message and doing some other things. But they did have to get out a little bit. And I'm standing in line having to take a purchase back. And I saw all these folks behind the counter and all of this going on. I'm like, when is somebody going to wait on somebody? And all of a sudden, this lady just jumps ahead of the line. And boy, something started stirring in me. And the Lord reminded me of that verse. We don't want to get stuck in traffic because if you're on the highway and you're in a vehicle, you're supposed to be going forward, right? And I'm trusting that you have that same expectation as it relates to your personal spiritual growth. And I'm really trusting that you will get hold of that truth as it relates to what God wants to do with this local church. 
I preach in a lot of different churches and as I said I'm grateful for every opportunity I have to share the word and sometimes God will give me a word that it is to be preached in several churches because of the role that I serve in in the conference leadership but this word is for the Mount Olive Church I've not preached this message anywhere else God wants if, if you have any inkling any, any affinity with this church anybody love this church and you consider it your church then I trust that the Holy Spirit would just anoint the speaker of the hour and anoint the ears and the hearts and the minds of the people gathered here and that you'll receive the word of the Lord and any watching online that's got connection with this church and however, whatever situation you're in may the Holy Spirit use it. he can do that you know and he can help you apply it to where it needs to be in your life your situation and I'm trusting that'll be the case today somebody say amen amen, amen. The word, the specific word that I take you to is found in Exodus chapter 14. Verse 15, I'm going to read in just a minute. This is the, the setting is, and you, you never know, I've learned you never know what degree of Bible knowledge people have when you're preaching, so just a little bit of the context. This is the story of the people of Israel. They've been delivered out of Egyptian bondage. Anybody remember that story? If not, just watch the Ten Commandments and you'll see Charlton Heston taking over things there and leading the people of Israel out of bondage. They're, they've been delivered from Egypt. They're on their way to the Promised Land. But they come up on this major obstacle called the Red Sea. And the Red Sea is in front of them and behind them, Pharaoh's changing his mind, the king of Egypt, about letting them go. And so he's going to pursue after them. And they're in a tough situation and they panic and, and they cry out and they grumble to Moses and, and Moses begins to, to minister to them and, and he commands them that, that, that they not fear, God telling them they not fear and that they stand still. And then we get to verse 15. This is the passage and I'm reading the New King James Version. You don't see this phrase in all of the versions. But I like what it says there. It's the King James as well. The Bible says in verse 15, And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you say, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel, and here's the word of the Lord, Go forward. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward. Go forward. Would you turn to somebody and say, Go forward. Go forward. And that's the word that's been stirring in my spirit since many, many months ago on that Wednesday night when I pulled up. And I sensed that the Lord just told me, next time you get to preach, you need to tell this crowd to go forward. <laughs> and then I was here just more recently, just a few weeks ago, and you had the Emmanuel College or University now singers here, and your own Camden Mooring, Kevin and Amy's son, who's in that group, God gave him a word right out of Exodus 14. And the Lord was saying through him that sometimes we want to wait on God, but some, oftentimes God is waiting on us. And the Lord confirmed in that setting, yes, when you get a chance to preach again, that's the word I want you to share with the people. And so would you just be receptive 
to what the Lord wants to say this morning. I know you've come a distance already. And some of what I'm saying is going to make reference to my history here. I showed up here in October of 1998 and then started pastoring uh, as an interim pastor in November 1998. And then in January 1999, the church voted my wife in as the pastor of this church. I, I, you, know, you know what I'm saying. I told I got a hundred percent vote that night. <laughs> I told the crowd I, I had Miss Ann and come and she was with me in the first service. I had her come up. We were in the old building over there. I said, You need to give greetings because I, I know ninety nine point nine percent of the vote was for you. But we started a journey here and this is so unique of a setting for me and it's it's really fulfilling in a lot of ways. But I'm able to pull some things from our history here that God wants to bring into this setting as he is directing you to go forward in ministry for him. So I believe the Lord's talking to you as a church. And I know you may want to say some things to, to you as an individual. The word of the Lord is to go forward. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to mention three truths that come primarily from Exodus 14 and can serve as what we might call requirements or what it takes or how we can put some things in practice to help us to go forward. Number one, about this issue of going forward, God commands you to go forward. God commands you to go forward. Well, Pastor Doug, that happened thousands of years ago. But yet, it's the word of the Lord, my friend. And I'm going to show you in just a minute that what, Moses, what God was saying, by the way, let me just clarify, that was not Moses' words. That was God telling Moses, you've got to say this to the people, go forward. And when I'm talking to you about going forward, I'm not giving you something out of a denominational manual. I promise you that Pastor Jeff didn't tell me to preach this as well. I'm preaching to you the word of the Lord. And so to go forward requires that I'm assured that I'm accepting that this thing of moving forward is God's will, God's mandate, and may he by his spirit quicken that reality to your heart and mind. And let's talk a little bit about your personal walk with the Lord. And I believe it applies to church ministry. I cannot find anywhere. Uh, th this is my preaching book. And I cannot find anywhere in this book that it says to go backwards. To put it in reverse. Now I know there are times, I know we go through different seasons. And I know sometimes we have to pause and wait on the Lord. I understand that. In fact, when I was thinking about that fact, I, my mind went back to my childhood when my granddaddy, he, he was a carpenter in his work truck and he had the, 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 you know, the straight drive on the column, the three-speed on the column. Do they still? I don't think this. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you look about what? And... And we're we're going down the road, and and for some reason, Granddaddy, for, he had he put it in first, and then he put it in second, and then we just and the RPMs get up, and we're just you know going down the road, and 
my cousins were there and finally my cousin said granddaddy I think we'll get there a little faster if you put it in third gear and sometimes you got to slow down I understand but I believe the Lord has sent me this way today to tell the Mount Olive Church it's time to put it in third gear and keep going forward and not let the devil or not let humanity and not let the mindset of the flesh hinder you from going where God is destined and purpose for you to go. I think of several passages. Jesus made the statement, had the audacity to say this in Luke chapter 9 verse 62. He said that no one having put his hand to the plow and turning back is fit for the kingdom of God. That sounds like we're to go forward in serving him. I like Paul's testimony there in Philippians chapter 3. He said, this one thing I do, I'm forgetting what's behind and I'm, and I'm focusing, I'm looking forward, I'm reaching forward, there it is again, to those things which are ahead and I'm pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward or high call of God in Christ Jesus. I could show you where Peter says you're to grow, you're to grow, you're to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I could show you in another passage where Paul says we're to be changed from glory unto glory unto glory into more like the image of Christ. There is no place for reverse in serving Jesus. Can somebody say amen? amen. And the church, let's talk about the church. Jesus said, the church I'm building that is on the offense so passionately and so intensely that not even the gates of hell, not even the, the best that the devil has, you might say, can prevail against it. The church, how is Jesus building his church? Certainly he's building a global church, but he's primarily building it through local churches like this and the intent that Christ has for the local church that it keep advancing, that it keep going forward. And what that looks like, I can't say specifically for your place. I don't have a picture in mind that God has drawn in front of me to tell you. It may mean expanding some things that you're doing on campus. It may mean even finding other sites where you can expand your ministry. But I can tell you this. Please don't miss this. Going forward, God wants us to go forward because there's still people on their way to hell. There's still people around you that don't know Jesus and they need what you have in serving Christ and they need a ministry like this so that they can find Jesus and so that they can be discipled in serving him and fulfilling the purpose that he's ordered for their lives. Before he left, Jesus said, go forward. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I hope that you're grasping that what I'm saying to you today, the command of going forward is not just some preacher hype, but it's the word of the Lord. It's God's word. And he sent me this way to encourage you to receive it individually but also as a local church. Number two truth, God will stretch you to go forward. 
God will stretch you. Somebody say stretch. Yeah, it sounds like it hurts you. I know, I know. To go forward will require you to step out of your comfort zone. In fact, I was reading behind somebody this week and he pointed out the fact that there is, there. listen, let's just be honest. I mean, there is nothing comfortable about progressing in spiritual maturity. And you're looking at me like you're holier than I am. My flesh does not want to pray. My flesh does not want to spend time in the Word. My flesh wanted to, man, I need to cut the cameras off. My flesh wanted to just bless that woman out yesterday. My, my flesh it gets, gets hesitant to share the gospel. My flesh wants to stay in its comfort zone. And the greatest enemy of the church, I heard someone say years ago, the greatest enemy of the church is not the devil, but it's comfort. We get settled in the routine. We like the same crowd, and we like the way things have always been. There's a lot of change happening in our culture. Man, things have gone crazy around us. I, I, tell, I tell it sometimes when I preach, and we're not in Kansas anymore. Anybody remember the Wizard of Oz? We're not. And sometimes the rapid change of the culture makes us want to hang on to sameness in the ministry of the church. You know, there's such a thing as the life cycle of a church. Those that are smarter than I am have studied it. In fact, I, I, had, I sent a picture, I think we're going to show it in just a minute, that they study churches and when they get started, they have a lot of momentum and, and they're growing and they're passionate and then the church can get to a place of, of sustained health and then it can drift. Somebody say drift. It can drift into maintenance mode and if you look at that graph, you see that the next step on it is decline. And I tell you, one of the saddest things that I deal with in my assignment now is closing churches. Yeah. We got Pentecostal Holiness churches closing. And we've got some churches years ago I mean, they were the powerhouses of our conference. I'm talking about had hundreds of people, and today just have a handful. God forbid that, I, I declare it, God forbid that never be the case with the Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. And the reason, the reason for that decline and some eventually closing is because somebody wasn't willing to stretch out of the comfort zone. You know, I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I had to work with a group of people for 17 years <laughs> who let themselves be stretched. I got a few of them still here, right here. They, I say still here. They heard me the first time. My wife didn't even stay and hear me the second time. Can you believe? And you stayed. <laughs> 
How many were here when I started back in, in 017? Uh, no, in um, 98, 17 years ago. Or 17. No, that was 25 years ago. I'll get my math right in just a minute. I remember, listen, let, let me just put, let me, let me just go it out there. Just go be frank with you. And I talked to some leadership between services today, so and I didn't know. I mean, Pastor Jeff and I get together and we talk about a lot of things, but we don't get into the hairy stuff and the nitty-gritty of stuff. He's my spiritual son, and I'm so proud of him. And you too, Lisa. But to go forward is going to require spending more money than you ever have before as a church. I knew I wouldn't get any shout amens and glory hallelujahs on that. But let me just commend the journey that the Lord allowed me to be a part of. I remember when I came in 1998, we had 42 people. I didn't even know that. I was, I was teaching school full time, and I was just going to be a part-time pastor and, you know, just do advancing and education, et cetera. And um, things began to change very quickly. I came to a church that in the early to mid-80s got themselves in debt of $100,000 and almost lost this property until the pastor came, Pastor David Wheeler, I think I'm telling the story right, and said, we got to get together. We're going to either shut the church down, go somewhere else, or we just got to go forward. That's pretty much what he said. And this crowd started selling chickens. They did, built them a little shelter there in a pit and started selling chickens. Was known as the chicken church for many years because there were some folks who had to work hard enough to try to pay off that $100,000 in debt. And then by the time I got here in 98, that was behind them. The Lord miraculously blessed through a, a saint of God who passed on and left some funds to help pay off that debt. I got here, there was $12,000 in the building fund. And that's wonderful. And, I'm, and then as I was here a couple of years, the Lord began to convict me about some things. And it was going to cost some money. And I, I, and, and I offered to our board, and then we brought it before the church. To a church, it took them about 17 years, more or less, to pay off $100,000. And here I am asking them to go in debt for $600,000. And I told the board, I said, if I don't get a 75% vote to do that, we're not going to move forward. Got a 76% vote, hallelujah. We went forward. It was, it was a lot. You gotta tell, I got to tell you, I'm talking about scaling things, you know. You're in a different place now. And it was a lot for that crowd. And we lost out and got out of our comfort zone. And I'm just testifying today. In six years, we were debt free and we had done a million dollars worth of work in this property because there were some folks here who said we're going forward we're going to spend more than we've ever had before because we know that's what God wants us to do and they started giving more than they ever had before man listen here's the preacher talking about money listen if you will give as God's required of you maybe maybe going forward for some of you is just start paying your tithes I told Pastor Jeff I was going to try not to mess things up too bad before he got back. But you, you will appreciate him so much more after I'm done. So, you know, I'm going to make it good for him. But the Lord said, if you're tired, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. 
And since then, God has blessed you in supernatural ways as well. The last several years that I've been gone, Pastor Jeff has talked to me about miracle after miracle as God has provided. You know why? It's because you keep going forward. But you ain't seen nothing yet. I just felt that. I know that's bad grammar. But you've not seen anything yet. God is about to do miraculous things as you step out in faith and following Him. Going forward is going to require you to embrace different people as well. Again, I appreciate the privilege this message gives me to commend folks who are willing to embrace others that weren't just like themselves. And you know, I'll just admit the first two or three years here, I really didn't have much vision. I was just doing part-time ministry and I was teaching school full-time, but then the Lord began to deal with me about some things. And I remember not long after being here, I heard from one of my mentors, man of God, gone on to to heaven now, great preacher of our denomination, Pastor Jim Forehand. And he talked about his history when he was pastoring and how God began to bring people not like himself. And the Lord challenged him to pray this prayer. If you send them, I'll take them. If you send, is that your prayer? Are you, would you really accept them? If God sends them, I'll take them. I had to pray that prayer. And we began to see God do some amazing. He sent us some great folks. And I remember a powerful revival that we had in 2007, spring of 2007. In fact, Jim Forehand was our preacher then. And the Lord blessed. I can't tell you. We, we lost count of how many people came to Jesus in that revival. And people were testifying to being sanctified. I do remember about 20 folks got baptized in the Holy Spirit. You, you know you're in a Pentecostal church, right? Do you know what it is to be full of the Spirit of God? He wants to fill somebody today if you'll let him. And then the following Sunday morning... God checks me in my spirit and I, he, he, I have my message prepared and he says you need to let some folks testify as to what God has done in this revival and they begin to share what God had done and before the service was over the Holy Spirit was roaming through the building and different ones were getting filled with the spirit I took in 30 members as a result of that revival because some folks said Lord if you send them I'll take them but if you pray that prayer, you're going to get some doozies as well. You know, you know what I mean. I'm not looking at anybody, but you know what I mean by doozy, right? There's going to be some tough cases. People are going to bring some messes. But I thank God. I, you know, I thank God for the messes. It was people who showed up here with messes. And then the Lord changed their mess. He did a miracle in their mess. And they got on fire for Jesus. I tell my preacher, my pastor colleagues, you win a few messes to the Lord, that'll turn your church around because they think you're the greatest thing ever. They think you're the smartest preacher ever. I mean, I could say something like, you know, Jesus loves you, and they think I'm the greatest preacher ever because they, they've not got all that religious baggage with them. But they've come out of the mess, and God's changed their lives. And I I'm telling you the best way to do church is to say Lord if you send them I'll take them we'll take them and we'll lead them to you and we'll let you straighten out the mess and make them great men and women of God amen hallelujah
I hope I don't embarrass you, my dear sister Lisa. I know you're a woman of grace. But I remember when you and your husband started showing up here and how God worked in your life. And you know, Jeff, you were great people. I, I didn't know you before you started coming here, but I heard good things about you. But I know you needed God to do a work in your life. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Do you know how many Jeff and Lisa Dales are still out there in the harvest? I really believe it. And God wants to use this church to change lives because we need leaders, we need pastors, we need men and women of God like you two are to help go forward in the kingdom. Lord, if you send them, I'll take them because I know I can't do anything with them, but I know what the gospel and what your spirit and what the love of God's people can do to change lives. I know, I feel like I'm at home. Some of you looking at me like you, 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 you haven't heard me preach before. I, but <laughs> I, used to heard my, I used to hear my pastor, Jim Whitfield, when I was over at the first church in Goldsboro. He'd say, somebody hold my baby while I shout. And that's the way I feel right now. Why don't you just say praise the Lord? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. And keep letting the Lord stretch you generationally as well, culturally. Letting God bring people of different ethnic groups. I'm so glad to see some don't mean to embarrass anybody, but glad to see faces of color in the house. Hallelujah. Yes. If you don't like it, you ain't going to like heaven. Hey, hey, if you send them, I'll take them. But I remember the Lord stretching us. Generation, I thank God for good leaders. But some of the biggest headaches I had pastoring was in the youth ministry. And I know some things that would happen even in the, in the overall worship emphasis would stretch some people. But then I'm sitting there worshiping and I see these that were youngins when they first started coming or when I was, some of them not even born yet. And God has raised them up, raised them up and they're serving Jesus. That is a tremendous, Ann and I are so thrilled every time we come here and we see these that were youngins when I started serving the Lord and worshiping some of them have launched out from here and being used in ministry hey God bless you for doing that are you willing to be stretched and number three truth first of all as I said it's God's command you see I got to be assured that it's God's command that that we go forward, that I go forward, and we go forward as a church. I got to be willing for the Lord to stretch me. Those Israelites, they put their feet on ground that had never been trodden upon. Do you believe the promised land is better <laughs> than the other side of the Red Sea? There's a promised land destiny that God wants to take you to in your personal life, in your home life, in your vocation, in your marriage, and in the ministry of this church. So keep going forward with God. Amen. 
you have no choice but to go forward there's nothing back there to go to come on somebody forward with Jesus and then the third truth that I declare to you is that God will empower you empower you to go forward these Israelites they had to step out and go forward but if you read the chapter there you read that God was doing all kinds of things to help them do that first of all he opened up the Red Sea right then he dried the ground so they could walk through and then he got behind them that cloud that was in front of them got behind them so he could hide the enemy from, from pursuing them and then when they did pursue them he shut those waters closed them back up to destroy the enemy because he's a supernatural God and he is the same today through the power of his Holy Spirit he still works and anything we do I mean I'm all for planning and I'm all for strategizing and you need to budget and you need to thank you for sending your staff to this training event I commend you for that I believe that that's, a, that's an important part of, of developing a ministry in fact I got, I'm thinking about what you've done with your own line Ministry. I'm so proud of what you've done here. And there's been a financial investment. You have one of the best presences online of any church that I know of. I commend you. All that's important. But how many of you know it all falls short of doing what needs to happen if we don't have the anointing and help of the Holy Spirit? This is supernatural business that we're in. And fortunately, thank God that we've got his help because the devil's going to fight you But our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the forces of evil, the spiritual forces of darkness. But with the help of the Holy Ghost, we can go forward in personal living as well as church's ministry. So go forward. Go forward in your spiritual maturity. I think the Holy Spirit is talking to you about a specific thing that you need to address in your heart or maybe in your relationship or in your marriage. Go forward in loving others. Go forward in being a witness. You know, I tell you, every, any preacher, Pastor Jeff can tell you this, before you get up here to deliver it, you better let the Lord talk to you about it. And I'll just be transparent with you. The Lord said to me, I need to go forward in having more gospel conversations with folks outside of the church. My world is church. I mean, I get up, it's church. I go to lunch, it's church. I go to supper, it's church. I go to bed, it's church, 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 church. So the Lord prompted me in response to this word, be sensitive to where I can put you in the world to say something for me. So do what the Lord is telling you to do, prompting you to do. And most of all, keep your eyes on Jesus. We're in a race. The writer of Hebrews likens our relationship with Christ as being in a race. And we're to look to Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. And you talk about going forward. 
Is anybody grateful that Jesus went forward? I mean, in the Gospels you read how on the night before he was crucified, he said, he said Lord, if there's any other way for humanity to be saved, if it's possible, Lord, let this cup pass from me. But in the same breath he said, what? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And the writer of Hebrews just said he went forward. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. We're to look to him who for the joy that was set before him, the joy, somebody say joy. There's joy in going forward. Thank you, all three of you. Somebody say joy. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross despising the shame and he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God I heard Tim Keller some time ago talk about this verse and I believe he's right in his perspective of it sometimes we think that the writer of Hebrews there is referring to the joy of heaven or the glory of heaven and certainly there was a delight in Christ to do the Father's will but look Jesus already knew what it was to have the glory and the joy of heaven he already knew the splendor of heaven. He left that to go forward to be the sacrifice for your sins and the Savior of your soul. So what's the joy? I believe the joy is people like you and you and you and you and you and me who have said yes to Christ and are following him. You know, the joy that was set before Jesus was to save lost souls from a devil's hell and to populate heaven with them. That's the joy that was set before him. And because of you and because of me, he kept going forward so that he might fulfill the Father's will and be our Savior. Anybody grateful for that? Can you say thank you, Jesus? Can I have my instrumentalist to come, please, to the stage? And we're going to pray. And we want the Lord to do what he needs to do in this house. So can we just bow our heads, please? Father, we look to you we thank you Father for the privilege of being in your word and, and being with your people and we're just trusting that you would use your word in a powerful way to speak to hearts in this house in Jesus name thank you Jesus for setting the example that we can look to thank you for the Holy Spirit to help us Thank you for the truth of God that works in our hearts and lives to inspire us and instruct us and to challenge us. And whatever this means to any life here today, may there be proper response to that in the name of Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed.